Dietz and Watson's been making meats and cheeses the right way since forever. What's that mean? It means never cutting corners, ever. It means cooking, not processing. It means our Virginia brand ham that's cooked to perfection, then twice baked to layer the flavors. It takes more time, but you can taste the difference. We come to work every day to do it the right way, even if it's the hard way. Because if it's not right for us, it's not right for you. Dietz and Watson, it's a family thing since 1939. Most out of a moment, uh, most out of an opportunity. You've got to put it all on the line. You've got to rise to the occasion. Sometimes your back's against the wall. You really feel the pressure. Welcome to NASCAR America, everybody, presented by Mobile One. Carol Lamano and Parker Kligerman with you for 30 minutes today. So let's get it going right away with a look at the odds for the weekend. The Cup Series back on a mile and a half on Sunday. The big three of Kevin Harvick, Kyle Busch, and Martin Truex Jr. have won 13 of the last 14 races on those tracks. Among the drivers that basically have to win, Kyle Larson, the second favorite at 7-2. to two. Brad Kozlowski tied for fourth at 8-1. to one. Ryan Blaney, the sixth favorite at 10-1. to one. And you see the note there at the bottom, Alex Bowman, 80-1. to one. He has never won a cup race in a career that spans 112 races. It has been a struggle in the round of 12 for Kyle Larson and his team. Today, they announced that they are appealing the 10-point penalty they received for violating the repair procedure under the damaged vehicle policy at Talladega. The appeal will be heard tomorrow at 9.30 a.m. Eastern at Kansas Speedway. The team was also granted a deferral for suspended car chief David Bryant. Now, the deferral doesn't cover the final appeal, so Bryant would be sent off the property if the team ends up losing that initial appeal. As a result of the 10-point penalty, Larson now 36 points back. Heading to this weekend's elimination race, the driver below him, Alex Bowman, the only driver who mathematically is in an absolutely must-win situation. The strategy is clear there, but Parker Larson essentially needs that to happen, too. He's in a tough spot here. So this track specifically, Kansas, what opportunities does it present for the 42? Well, there might not be a better design track than Kansas Speedway for Kyle Larson because of the multi-groove surface that we have now, the progressive banking that allows the top lane to become the predominant lane and then allows you to do things like driving the bottom and trying to slide job. And I think that's really key for the 42 team. Remember this back in 2008? Kyle Edwards trying to make the move on Jimmy Johnson, bounced off the wall. So that's a slide job, but then he added the whole wall bounce part that he called like a video game move. That was the attempt here to bounce off the wall, stay in the throttle, and hopefully beat Jimmy Johnson. Jimmy just cruises on by. You see Kyle Edwards wheeling it inside there off the wall, doing everything he could to try and win that race, but was not able to get it done. And look at that car afterwards. That's crazy. Those two battling for the up. title at the time. Exactly. So the that was cool. on the line. Yeah. Here's Kyle Larson now from May earlier this year trying to make a slide job work on Joe Logano. He comes up a little bit short. That's just when you don't quite clear the car on the outside lane, but then the second time is the charm. He drives it to the bottom right here, clears Joe Logano easily, keeps up his momentum, and drives away from Joe Logano. Here's a cool onboard. Listen to this. How 
long he's out of the throttle right there and then picks it up. That's because you're just waiting for the car to get gain grip back. And then why can you do that? Because of the outside line. That's why this works. Look at these runs that you have on the outside, the momentum that it creates. But when you're running that outside lane, especially when other cars are as well, like William Byron right there in front of Kyle Larson, then that's when you have to make moves to the bottom because look how close they run to the wall. There's no other room outside there. So you've got to go to the bottom. And the only way you can really make a pass work from the bottom is by using the slide job. And that's why we see that at these racetracks. And that's why I think this racetrack is a great place for Kyle Larson because of all those things we just mentioned. And sure enough, on the odds there, it looks like he's the second <laughs> favorite. So I think it all lines up for Kyle Larson in the position he's in to have a chance to go out and win. It makes sense with what you're saying. And we saw it happen again most recently back in July at Chicago. Kyle Larson, of all drivers, attempting the slide job. Let's go back and listen to that. And here comes Larson. Larson to the bottom of the track. Slide job. Trying to take the lead away. Slide job. Almost. <laughs> that that's is cool. Yeah, memorable for but a lot of reasons. That's an attempt, and it was not actually fulfilled. There you see where he gets beside uh, Kyle Busch, realizes he doesn't quite have him cleared. So you see he goes down there with the best intentions of clearing Kyle Busch. Then he heads up the racetrack, and he's just holding on at this point. Then he gets in the throttle early when he realizes he's not going to clear him to try and stay beside him. That's when he gets into the left rear of Kyle Busch. So this is kind of a botched slide job a little bit. <laughs> what Dale Jr. was yelling was the attempt at a slide yeah. job. It just didn't quite work he out. But this is it. what You know what? Here's the thing. This is what he does so well. He puts it all on the line at the key points. He finds ways to try and make a pass. But other drivers might have been content rolling behind Kyle Busch and maybe trying to move him out of the groove up next to the wall. He decides, you know what? Why not just send it to the bottom and see if it <laughs> sticks? That's why we like Kyle Larson. You and I love to follow social media. One of my favorite accounts to follow is NASCAR Chasm. I'm sure a lot of fans at home may be familiar with this Twitter account. But he said, this is the idea. <laughs> Kyle Larson is in a must-win situation essentially on Sunday. He can do it. A little unexpected airdrop of dirt over the track. Might yeah, be able to solve perfect. the problem. That's, what do you think? That's real track prep right there. That mm. would actually be pretty expensive, I think, to have a jumbo jet dropping dirt. Yeah. They, they, I don't know if the promoters can afford that. I'm not sure the fans would be happy. <laughs> I don't want to be in the stands right there. Right <laughs> they're, now. Yeah, they're already going to be a little chilly. I don't think that that's uh, a likely solution, but a funny one nonetheless. Uh, so Kyle Larson and a number of other drivers have a lot of work to do this weekend, but things could really not be better for Eric Gomorola. We know what happened last Sunday. He earned the second win of his Cup Series career with that last lap pass at Talladega. The victory not only ending a 149-race winless streak for Almirola, but also securing a spot in the round of eight. It's nice insurance to have as he heads back to the track that brought his career to a standstill 17 months ago. All I dreamed about as a kid was racing. <laughs> I mean, I, I used to have nightmares that my grandfather forgot to pick me up to take me to the races with him. That's all I cared about. That's all I that's all I dreamed about. That's all I wanted to do was race. Breaking my back was was obviously not in the plan, right? I didn't I didn't anticipate ever being injured in a race car. Everybody always thinks, well that's you know, that's not gonna happen to me. They work on cutting roll cage bars and perhaps removing the roof. I'm actually grateful now. 
you know, doing it year in and year out really becomes mundane. And so to have something like breaking my back sideline me unexpectedly, you know, it, it forced me to step away, but it also forced me to, you know, evaluate, is this really what I want to do? Do I really love this? And if it's not, this is a perfect opportunity for me to step away from the sport. But that's not what came away. I mean, sitting on the couch with my wife and my kids and, you know, watching the TV stiff and turning to talk to them like this, all I could think about was how fast can I recover to get back in a race car. Growing up in Florida, I've swam, uh, you know, all the time, but no more than just racing your friend to the other side of the pool. And when you get there, you're like, ah, I beat you. But to like swim for like 20 or 30 minutes straight, it's an incredible endurance workout. I already wanted to rehab and, and go to physical therapy to try and speed up the process. With the way that the vertebrae got crushed in a pizza pie shape, uh, the top of my spine is actually leaning forward. And then for seven weeks, watching that race car go around the racetrack without me in it, and watching all of my, my peers go to the racetrack and, and do what I thought was the mundane, I missed it so badly. And, and I realized that I had a deep, deep passion for racing. feel like breaking my back re-energized my career and it, for me the the thrill of competition is what I love the most. Eric by the way has raced in Kansas since that accident he did so in the spring so this isn't his first time back but from what it sounds like he is not haunted by the ghosts of this track particularly with where he sits now in the playoffs and not having to feel any pressure in this particular race no doubt where he's been in the playoffs is a good place right now having that win at Talladega but you know something that really stuck out me there is his how his perception has changed you know you we talk about all the time of race car drivers sometimes you have drivers who ascend to the top very quickly and they don't have maybe a respect for what they're doing and what they're getting to do week in week out and when they're pulled or forced out and basically forced to watch the sport from another angle and forced to sometimes just observe, they come away thinking, or a lot of times they come away being faster, better, more appreciative, that sort of thing. And I think that's what's really interesting there from Eric. Being forced out, he kind of came back appreciating this more now. Yeah, absolutely. Um, just a reminder for you, coming up at 5.30 Eastern, we are going to bring you the Dale Jr. download. Yes. It is a pod Thursday here on NBCSN. Before we get to that, though, Parker is going to hop into the sim and show us what drivers will be like. Is that, that's is that what it that's looks like? You're going to yeah, do that? You're going to do wheel that? That looks cool when you do that. Um, all right, Parker's going to do that when we come back. <laughs> NASCAR America is brought to you by Mobile One Annual Protection. Proven protection for 20,000 miles. I'm Matt Benedetto. Congrats, NASCAR America, on your 1,000th episode, and thank you for covering our beloved sport of NASCAR. Hey guys, this is Bubba Wallace, and I just want to say congratulations to NASCAR America on their 1,000th episode. Cheers, and here's to a thousand more. 
It's a big week for us here, and one of our favorite tools, or should we say toys, here on NASCAR America is the NBC iRacing Simulator. It offers insight into how things may unfold at each track from the driver's point of view, and throughout our first 999 episodes, the sim has produced a share of memorable moments. Here we are in the NBC iRacing Simulator at Talladega Super Speedway. If we can hold these guys off behind us, we're going to win this race. I got hair mods. I got hair mods. What is the name of Cole Trickle's crew chief in Days of Thunder? Harry Hogg. Well done. Oh, oh he's getting loose. No, 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 no. Uh, great. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Somebody shouted a light mod. I don't know what that is. I'm trying to spot for you here. Did you like it when your spotter talked to you? I used to cut my radio off when the spotter would start talking. <laughs> what is New Hampshire Motor Speedway's nickname? The, ma the, the Magic Mile. Correct. We'll give you that one. Don't overcook it. No! Yeah! <laughs> I made it all the way to the last corner. This is fun. I'm going to get me one of these. What was Zach's last name on Saved by the Bell? Zach Morris? Yes! Yeah! Woo! that? I look like Zach. I'm offering my coaching services. Oh, okay, yes. That's the deal. You start the race. Oh my God, that scared me. <laughs> what movie won Best Picture of the Year for 1990? Uh, Dancing Wolves. Wow. In this. That's put me out of my misery. Oh man. I'm on my way to the infield care center. I'm just gonna drive my car there and have a psychiatric evaluation. <laughs> Oh, man, nobody has logged more laps in the sim than Parker Kligerman. What a great highlight reel. Oh, um, man. Parker, there's a lot of options in all seriousness at Kansas this weekend. There is, and I just can't get over uh, Kyle Petty heading in for the psychiatric evaluation. But you know what? Some drivers might need the similar thing, and they look at Kansas Speedway because of all those options. This track has widened out incredibly over the years, and now you see drivers start on the bottom of the racetrack and find themselves all the way up next to the wall. So we're going to come to a restart here. I'm at the back of the pack because I'm going to try and use these lanes to move forward. So as we come here onto the front straightaway, we see some guys warming up their tires a little bit. We'll get the green flag here soon. It's a pretty late green flag. And there it is. We got the green flag. All right, the inside lane hasn't worked. I'm in the lane that we'll probably see the drivers move to later in the race, but the outside lane will become predominant. But I want to start down here on the bottom right now. You might find yourself do this in practice, maybe even qualified down here. Because it's just, there seems to be a lot of grip. It seems to be where the track's cleanest because cars start there on the weekend. But then as we head off to the three, I'm going to stay on the bottom once again. What you have to do down here is lift earlier and then try to be back in the throttle about that center portion. Man, I'm making up real ground here on the bottom. This is working well. And the other thing is you can use this apron down here on the front straightaway. We see it all the time. Drivers go all the way down there to make blocks, to hold off other drivers, or try to get an advantage down into turn one. You can also run in the middle of this racetrack. That's what's incredible. Because of the progressive banking, you can drive all three lanes. As we go off into three and four, I'm going to show you that right here. Those guys might go, I don't know where they're going to go, but that's the fun part. And I find myself in the middle, and I might be able to make up ground here by getting in the throttle earlier, using that more banking, and getting a run on the outside of this three car down on the front straightaway. And now I'm going to go to the Kyle Larson line, all the way up top. I'm going to stay right up next to the wall. Well, that guy's beating me next to the wall up there. Try not to get into it. And this is where you get huge momentum, just like that, all the way up the top. Go around that guy. And now, if I get a run on this one in front of us, I might try what Kyle Larson does. The slide job. Fly down to the bottom of a ton of speed. Try and clear them. Am I able to do it? Oh, just at the exit. 
That's sort of a successful side jump right there. And that is what he does so well. And that's why Kansas Speedway is so awesome, Carolyn, because you can use all the lanes and you can even throw that slide job that he likes so much. Absolutely, Parker. Thank you. Just a reminder for you at home, our coverage from Kansas gets underway tomorrow with Cup Series practice at 2 p.m. Eastern. And then at 6 p.m. Eastern, we will celebrate our 1,000th episode of NASCAR America live from Kansas Speedway atop the Peacock Pit Box. And our guests include Jimmy Johnson and Clint Boyer. How about that? We cannot wait. But coming up next today, Pete Pistoni from Sirius XM joins us to tell us what's on the minds of the fans heading into an elimination weekend. Welcome back. It is a great month to be a sports fan. Great weather. Everybody's playing and Sunday is going to be big in KC starts at 1:30 Eastern on NBC as the Monster Energy Cup Series playoffs continue at Kansas Speedway. And then on the Missouri side of the river, Sunday night football will be at Arrowhead. Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs taking on the Bengals. Our coverage starts on NBC at 7 Eastern with football night in America. So we're excited about that this weekend. Meantime, let's welcome in the co-host of the morning drive on Sirius XM NASCAR radio. That would be Pete Pistoni, the man himself. So Pete, one of the topics that you guys have been discussing this week on the morning drive was which playoff driver winning the championship would make for the most compelling story. There are a number of them. What was the consensus from the listeners? Well, there's never a consensus, Carolyn. I think you know that. But <laughs> the first one we had, I thought was interesting, uh, Eric Almarola. And Eric is being perceived as an underdog. And, and I think that's interesting for a couple of reasons. One, he's with one of the more powerful teams we've got right now at Stuart Haas Racing. And the way they went out last week, it dominated at Talladega. It's hard to think that someone with that team could be an underdog. But I think Eric's story, what he's been able to do this year, uh, he told us on our show this week that he felt he needed to prove himself at Stuart Haas Racing when he got there, and he's done that. I think that's really resonated with the race fans, and I think most people we heard from felt like him winning the championship this year would be a really cool story to tell. No doubt, Pete. Hey, I'm curious, though. You know, we're heading towards the round of eight. Is there any one thing that you've heard from callers that's really surprised them about the playoffs so far as we go into the round of eight? Yeah, Parker, I think with the guys that are below the cut line, uh, having Kyle Larson now and now getting that 10-point penalty and basically being in Hail Mary mode on Sunday afternoon, a guy that won four times last year, that surprised a lot of people, as well as Brad Keselowski being below the cut line. The guy that, what, a month ago had won three races in a row, and we were asking if he's going to be the guy that's going to join the big three. And now he, on Sunday, is, I wouldn't say a must-win situation, but certainly his back against the wall. So I think those have been the two surprises, as well as Armarola winning, like Eric did, and Eric moving on to the next round of the playoffs. That's been a big surprise for a lot of fans, too. You know, on the topic of Brad Keselowski, he said a number of times, and we've talked about it on the show, that accumulating multiple championships is something that is important to him, or at least seems to be important to him. Pete, when you look at the five drivers who are still in the playoffs, who have won a championship, and you analyze that group, who do you think would be the most disappointed to not win a championship this season? I got to think it's Kyle Busch, guys, and, and here's why. And if he doesn't win a second championship, by no means does that tarnish his legacy. They should be fitting him for his Hall of Fame jacket as we speak. He'll be in the Hall of Fame. But I think with everything that Kyle has accomplished and going out and winning as many races as he, as he has and the way he goes about winning these races, if we go back and look at his career and he only winds up with the one championship, I think even Kyle Busch would tell us if he were with us right now, he would feel disappointed by that. Uh, I, I'm not say, saying that's going to happen, but I think if it doesn't happen this year, and for some reason it doesn't happen down the road, 
I think he'll look back and we'll look back and say, what an amazing accomplishment this guy has done in his NASCAR career. But I can't believe that guy just won one Cup Series championship. Now, wait a second. So more so than maybe Kevin Harvick or even the 78 team going out on top. You know, we know they're shutting down after this. So you think Kyle Busch more than those two options? And and I think he's a victim of his own success, Parker. You know, the expectation level for Kyle Busch is so high. I think that's why people gave that the answer. Now, if Martin Truex Jr. could win back-to-back, I think a lot of people feel like it would be amazing that he was able to win two championships, given the circumstances there. But again, I think Kyle's set the bar so high in his career. People expect him to win at least two two, uh, two cup championships in his career. The only reason, Pete, why I would disagree with that and agree with Parker is because Kevin Harvick has really been the only one out of the big three that has shown consistently that he is a championship contender. Whereas the other two, I mean, one win in eight races have fallen off slightly. It seems like that would be such a disappointing end for Harvick. Well, it definitely would be a disappointing end for Harvick to win seven times and not not win a championship. I, I agree. And going back to how we started the conversation, just talking about his team. I mean, since the beginning of the year, Stuart Haas Racing has been literally, and they were so much so on Sunday at Talladega, head and shoulders above everyone else. So I certainly think that would sting Kevin Harvick. He wasn't able to seal the deal when we get to Homestead Miami Speedway here in about a month. I think I agree with you on that, Carolyn. All right, Pete. Thanks for being with us. We will talk to you next week. Enjoy the weekend. Thank you. Congratulations on the 1,000th show tomorrow. Despite having me on regularly, you guys made it to 1,000. So. <laughs> you helped in that process, my friend. We appreciate it. Thanks very much. Uh, meantime, coming up, we are going to revisit one of the most memorable moments from Kansas Speedway that sparked one of the hottest rivalries in recent memory. That Ooh. is straight ahead. How's that for yeah, a tease? I like that. You buying that? Okay. All right, stay with us to find out what it is next. NASCAR America is brought to you by Mobile One Annual Protection. Proven protection for 20,000 miles. This day in NASCAR history takes us back to the playoff race at Kansas just three years ago. Joey Logano battling Matt Kenseth for the race lead. And as the pair approached, lap to traffic. Disaster! Tried to block Logano. Tap the 20. We know what happened there. Logano went on to win in overtime. Kenseth did not forget this. He would have his revenge just two weeks later at Martinsville. What an incredible... Flashback in time, yes. that was. Wow. Um, by the way, did you know that Parker is co-hosting a new show right here on NBCSN? I did know. Called Proving Grounds? Yes. You knew, Can't wait you guys for it. know at home? It's, they uh, should. It's going to be really cool. Let's give you a sneak peek right now. This is a series of obstacles designed to test the capabilities of any vehicle, from big American sedans to tiny European sports cars. Watch as we put them through the ultimate challenge with the only people competent enough to oversee such an evaluation. Welcome to Proving Grounds. All right, here we go. Three, two, one, go! Oh, fast, 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 fast. This thing is awesome! What does that mean? It's a Prius that rips. I think it's time for the Hellcat. Oh, it's definitely Hellcat time. And it makes the noise! And now we're going to answer everyone's favorite question. Can you drift it? And I just became a man. 
say it once, I say it again. I love anything hot pink. Graphics, <laughs> graphics it's an 80s sweet. theme. Yes. Yeah. Very it's really cool. cool. And we do everything from minivans to supercars on there. They go through this crazy obstacle course that we built there in the desert. It's going to be an awesome show. Hopefully everyone enjoys it. And remember, it's this Sunday. So when you get done with the race on NBC, head over to Victory Lap on NBCSN. Thank you. Then just stay for Proving Grounds and then go back to NBC for Sunday Night Football. Okay, cool. So that's your direction. We'll just Please follow those. We'll trade shameless plugs with each other. Yes. Come for Victory Lap, stay for Proving Grounds, and just then come go over to Sunday Night Football. Come to Victory Lap, you'll get both of us. Just All right. Shows. Uh, let's make some fantasy picks. What we should. Got? What do you got? What okay, do you got? What do you so got? I went with my picks here, and I started with Kevin Harvick in the four. I just couldn't deny the speed of the Stuart Haas Racing Fords. Beside him, I have got Ryan Blaney because this is his favorite track. It's one of his best tracks. Eric Jones... Jay McMurray, and in my garage, I got Martin Truex Jr. And then you can see on the bottom there, pole winner Blaney. He's going to get the first stage. Harvick's going to get stage two, and I think Harvick will win. And then I hedged my bet with the Toyota manufacturer. What wow. you got? You're going all Blaney. Okay, uh, I put the big three up in the mix again because I think I think this is all about the tracks. You have Mile major and imagination. Half tracks. Well, <laughs> go <stop>. on. Okay, <laughs> um, and then you know why I put uh, Hamlin and Eric Jones in there is because the beef told me to on Roto World. Well, those are good choices. And I, I think to what he has to say. They've been really good. Uh, it doesn't really matter who I pick to win the poll. <laughs> they never do it. Oh, Parker, you sweet little angel. All right, yep. that's all for NASCAR America. Stay put. Dale Jr. Download starting right now. Enjoy, everybody. Have a great weekend. Dietz and Watson's been making meats and cheeses the right way since forever. What's that mean? It means never cutting corners, ever. It means cooking, not processing. It means our Virginia brand ham that's cooked to perfection, then twice baked to layer the flavors. It takes more time, but you can taste the difference. We come to work every day to do it the right way, even if it's the hard way. Because if it's not right for us, it's not right for you. Dietz and Watson, it's a family thing since 1939.